0: Greetings, everyone. Uh, Parker Sedekes is a prolific podcaster who focuses on Christian theology, and Parker is pursuing his master's degree in theology at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Porn addiction and the other topics we talk about are difficult and sensitive, and they're conversations that need to be had, but I am not as graceful as I could be in my words, so I do cut some parts out, just FYI. Uh, At the end of the podcast, Parker does try to convert me back to Christianity, and uh, he does come close, I will admit, but I will put links to Parker's work as well as the Spotify version of this podcast in the description below. I hope you enjoy. The last, uh, maybe month or two, I've talked to some friends of mine, uh, from college or whatever, and they've, and I did a, I did a video a while back on, um, David Dobrik. He, this -hmm. whole sexual assault situation, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, but Mm -hmm. I talk about like culture of over-sexualization, sexual assault, um, and, I had friends reach out to me, and talk to me about that, but they also brought up um like porn addiction and how and we were talking at the end of the last podcast, like not a lot of people talk about it. So I think it actually is pretty useful. Um, and I certainly have stuff to say about say about it. But um, do you want to give your background on yeah, yeah, just yeah. what your experience so, is?
1: Well, so we were talking about dreams. We were talking about right. um right, like and and uh I yeah, said, do I dreams
0: don't... have cause in my belief dreams seem to have religious significance. They're the closest thing yeah. to Prophecy, not prophecy, maybe prophecy, but religious experience that certainly I've experienced. But
1: yeah, well, so I was reading uh, Peterson's Beyond Order, and I uh, he his one about art. He's like, you know, make make one room as beautiful as you can oh. in your house. He talks about dreams as like uh, as a masterpiece, as like an art a form form of art. I had no idea. dude. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And he's like, no, it's it's creativity. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's kind of true, like. That's my mind on full, just raw creativity, just tossing right, stuff right, out unleashed. There, right? Yes, yeah, right,
0: yeah, yeah, and like an acid trip almost, like oh, a hallucinogenic yeah. trip. Yeah,
1: and I'm sure there's some. So I don't know the, the neurochemistry behind that, but I'm sure some of that. You know, maybe there's some DMT going on. Sure, I, I don't. I know what naturally is is in our bodies. So uh, I I guess I when he said that I thought you know I always kind of thought dreams come from somewhere else, but I I, I never gave it like a religious significance mm. that, that you were thinking of and stuff. So I'm still thinking through like what are dreams. What we we got onto the topic of porn because I I have. I have felt like God has spoken to me through dreams, and for me it's usually to call me out. It's usually the the any sometimes I'm like bro I don't know what this is supposed to mean or if if it's just me crazy maybe I ate too much pizza. (laughs) Other time but but when when there is a message it's like nope you know bro don't be doing what you're doing yeah stop don't do that and one the the most uh, significant one for me was I had a good friend who confided to me that they were having a hard time with porn and i just in a moment of weakness like let my guard down i was like dude me too for like years and years and we were like dude we got to help each other right we never talked about it again and then like three months later he calls me up and is like hey dude how you doing with porn and i'm like hey uh no problem no big deal i got it under control that was kind of a one-time thing i'm safe and he's like that's weird man i just had this dream that we were in your parents basement it was on fire and you're like I'm like, Park, we gotta get out of here. And and me in the dream was saying like, no problem, no big deal, we're safe. So he's like, you know, I don't know if this is from God or what kind of makes me think you actually are struggling with porn and you're lying to me right now. And I started breaking down crying. Mm-hmm. And not because I'm like, God is real, but like, no God, like I never doubted God was real or not. You told my secret to my friend. Like, screw you, dude, right. are you serious? That was between you and me. I was working that out. Mm-hmm. And I realized then that, that God was like, bro, you are not gonna be able to keep the secret anymore because it's gonna eat you up. It's gonna be, and the Bible calls um, lust like a consuming fire. One, mm-hmm. one of the Proverbs mm-hmm. says, can a man carry coals next to his chest? Or a different translation says, can a man heap coals on his lap and not be burned? And that's, that's like a, following the adulterous woman that's right. like giving into lust. It's burning, it's a burning, consuming fire and not in like a cool way, mm-hmm. in like a you're gonna get scalded kind mm-hmm. of way. So, sure. Yeah, that's that's where we're at with the dreams going into the porn addiction. I started early in porn because um, I had older brothers. You know, they were in, they were in puberty while I was a little kid. But even before that, was abused by my neighbor. Um, she's a couple years older than me. One of my neighbors. Um, she I was like six, you know, so she she was like nine or ten. And uh, I told you last time, like ten year old girls don't do that, you know. So so she was abused by someone, her mm, uncle, her dad, yeah. someone abused her. i don't like hold that grudge or anything like that but it woke me up to sex really early like you know people are like let's go play dodgeball i'm like hey that supervisor lunch supervisor's hot you know stuff like that so then just just got into porn and it had grips on me and uh i started living two different lives because here i am this this good little church boy bro i can't tell someone that Mm. like i watched porn that was abused sexually like i can't tell them that so that's staying over here and this is staying over there. And it made me really resent Christian culture, culture in, in general, just like little boys. Like I was, I was not a little boy any longer.
0: Right. So
1: everyone like acting like little kids, I'm like, what, what's going on here? And I'm thinking more like an adult, not only because of being opened up, but I had older brothers. so I want to hang out with them anyways.
0: Right.
1: And then on top of that, you got this weird Christian culture, which is tuck in your sweater vest and you leave your sin at the door, right? Mm. Cause we're good little Christians. And I was like, I hate everyone. I hate all of you. You're not real. Sure. And so, uh, yeah, it wasn't until college where um, I saw people being Christians for real. I saw guys that I respect and admire, like manly men on the wrestling team, holding each other accountable, giving each other their Facebook passwords to check in on their messages. Hey, make sure I'm not DMing anyone at one in the morning. I'm like, bro, that's wild. Uh That's
0: like for real. You guys don't care about accountability. Yeah. Yeah. So, was it the first. Kind of culture you grew up in was, you'd say, was like repressive in terms of that? Or so my family wasn't. But okay, the, sure. The,
1: the, the Christian culture we were right. in, for sure. Yeah, yeah. My, so my family was weird. Like we had real problems. Uh, I love my parents. My brother was wild. One of my brothers was absolutely crazy wild. I love him, but started doing cocaine. When he was like 14. And my dad would tell the church, like, yo, we need some prayer. We need mm. some help. And some people in the church were like, yo, we don't talk about that here. Wow. Meanwhile, their kids, their kids were doing heroin. Their kids were mm-hmm. doing coke. Sure, and they had all these problems, but they wouldn't talk to each other. And it was like, yeah, a lot of good you did, bro. Like that's not right. even what Christianity is about. But the cultural Christianity of that area was all jacked up.
0: Interesting. And then, so in college, you encountered a what? A different church or a different culture? Or?
1: Yeah, dif- different culture. In that, these were young dudes who would read the Bible and were just living it out. They were like. Hey, I actually think that we need each other. There's this, there's sure. this, uh, another proverb says as as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Mm-hmm. You ever, you ever heard that before?
0: Mm, I, the sentiment. Sure.
1: Yeah. It's pretty epic. It's right. Like, <laughs> and so you take that and you put that on your wrestling wall. Yeah. But you don't think that actually means like, Hey, um, you said you weren't going to meet up with that chick because, uh, you were not treating her right. Right. Or are you going to sleep with her? And now I see you out with her. What's up, dude? Like you, Mm -hmm. you asked me to talk, that's like, Hey, screw you, man, back up. That's like the iron sharpening iron doing the hard work of being like, bro, I'm going to try and help you accomplish your goals. I'm going to try to help you look like Christ. Right. I'm going to sharp. We're going to sharpen each other.
0: Yeah. Cause one of the things I know, like you're familiar with young life, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever had a problem with anybody in young life and specifically, but there's this, there is certainly the element of, kind of you know young high school christians who you know there's like an at least in at least where i went to high school it's like that was like you know a cool group to be part of in some ways um that was a cool group for you well i shouldn't cool might be too strong of a word but it certainly wasn't like looked down upon or anything like that and they, they they were they you know they had a lot of social events and stuff and again not being a part of it and i'm not even and i'm not calling out like the the young life group that I went, you know, to high school with, but certainly the idea of like hypocrisy in that, like you have the Christian kids who go to church and I, and I was big into church camp and stuff when I was maybe like sixth grade and middle school around there. Um, and like, okay, you'd be praying and in, in, like, you know, Oh, I'm about God and all this. And then they'd be going out and, you know, get a blow job in the stairwell or some shit like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like that, that, that hypocrisy is, I think, I mean. Just generally, that's the thing that I think turns people off to, I think that's the biggest criticism people have against religion in their like day-to-day life. It's like, well, I know people that, oh, well, I believe in God, but I'm all high and mighty about it and something like that. Yeah. But the people you're talking about, it's like actually holding people accountable and whatnot.
1: Yeah, man. And, and calling each other out because, so all Christians are hypocrites because mm. we're called to be sinless. Well, right. Everyone's a hypocrite. Right? right. And so so acknowledging that takes away a lot of that sting. Hey, bro, I actually can't live up to it. I am a hypocrite. Mm. And- so are you so come join us man let's right. work on this together let's let's not live in our hypocrisy let's work on it but i was that hypocrite dude that was me too like i felt like i could not control myself i i didn't feel like any power over that sin and then there's there's all sorts of uh neurological crap that happens too like neural ruts you know you start thinking about something and you get these neural yeah, ruts positive feedback loop yep
0: yeah so the yep.
1: more you watch porn the more it happens the more you objectify women the more you see them and you fight it and fight it but you give into it, right? And and you're two different people. And then when ten o'clock at night night hits, your your mind is yep. used to doing that. Yeah. So you start texting all the girls on your phone. You start looking at porn, whatever. And then you're done. You go. I'm so sorry. Hey, no, I actually don't feel that about you. I should have not said any of these things. Sure.
0: So was so to, to the porn specific. Was it specifically porn, or were like were you like hooking up with a bunch of girls too, and, and yeah. going out and stuff? Yeah.
1: Any anyone that would I I wanted to be. Uh, I probably wanted to be God, bro. Like, I probably wanted to be God. I wanted, I thought I was a wrestler. I thought that I was going to come in just all hulked out <laughs> and every girl's going to be drooling over me. Uh, because that was kind of the the pinnacle for me. Like, if girls wanted me sexually, I made it. I must have right, made it, man. Right. Because that's kind of, oh, yeah. that was this, you know, and I never talked about my abuse as a kid. I pushed that down. Every now and then it would c- come up and, I, nope, I'm not thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And I would hear people talk about repressed memories. I'm like, that 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 must be weird to have Mm -hmm. those. (laughs) And the whole time, I didn't realize, like, yeah, I was cramming that down too.
0: Yeah, definitely, Um, definitely. Um, like, I mean, I think it was probably seventh, sixth, seventh grade. I discovered porn, and like when you when you initially, when I discovered initially, it was you know, it was like once every day, twice sometimes. Um, and I, I like, I don't think I was ever addicted so to speak i mean the first like the that first time that first period when you just discover it yeah i, I think there's no other way to say that but um but do just the the way that it's like like for me you know there's the element okay you you know like you're saying it's like you, that rut it's like okay you, you you build up the structure and you develop specific taste like i can you know when I take my phone out, it's like, all right, my body already knows, like, all right, I'm, you know, ready to go. I know what I'm about to do, or whatever. And this is this is a broader thing I want to talk to you about, just like cultural sexualization in general. It's like, mm-hmm. is it okay to just use someone for sex, even if they kind of like not verbally, just explicitly, uh, you know, say, I just I'm just over here for sex or whatever. Yeah. Like, because I have this issue of well, like I'm against that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm the experiences I've had are like you know, I feel ashamed saying like, okay, well, I'd bring a girl over, we do whatever. And then like, you know, once we're done, we're just laying there and she's in my bed. And it's like, dude, I don't like this person. I feel no connection, this person. And I feel like, you know, even if it was just, yeah, we came over just to hook up or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's still just an element of like, You know, I, I just hate that. And porn is like, okay, well, you know, you do it, you use it, you finish, and then boom, you can go on your computer and do whatever. And you completely cut out that whole emotional side of it, you know, and that connection thing. And like, I think that is where the biggest danger comes. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) Um, That's where people can get screwed up the most because it's like, you know, you you have like, you have, you can't separate the person from the sex and porn, I think reinforces that a ton.
1: Yeah, so I used to think that um, okay, I'll just watch porn instead of bothering some poor young girl, mm. you know, instead of like telling her I love her and then hooking up with her and then breaking her
0: heart or whatever. Saying you know, whatever, whatever you need to say and just like right. pretend it, fake I'll interest watch, and all that. I'll
1: just watch porn and and that will be fine. But I didn't realize but that that was reinforcing the habit still. That was still and and then not to mention some poor girl who's in the porn, whether she's there voluntarily or was manipulated into it, mm. or was a sex slave or.
0: Mm-hmm whatever i have no which idea. which is a huge thing that people i mean some people are talking like it's coming out more recently but that's a big thing too it's just like the porn yeah industry.
1: dude right yeah, yeah with, with the whole porn hub thing mm-hmm. like yep yeah there's freaking sex slaves on there that someone was underage abuse like, all that yeah bro that's insane yeah. and so um yeah man so there's a bunch there's like philosophical arguments for it too i know that there's some people are like you know we just we, we want to, you know, this this is sexual freedom. There's some people who still think that's cool. They still think that's cool. It's like, bro, this isn't the 60s, man. Bro. Yeah. You're regurgitating the same old. Which, lines which the 60s trying.
0: were riddled with sexual assault that we don't hear about. We just hear the Woodstock acid no. 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 and have fun and, and like, love bro, and all that. You're,
1: you're, you're, you know, how many years, 60 years later, or whatever. Like, oh, fine. You can go try that. And if that works for you, I don't think it's going to, but mm-hmm. you can go try that. Like, you're, it's, yeah, you're free to do that. But, um, there's the 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 objectification, I think it's probably I, I know first wave feminists were about this and and probably a lot of second wave feminists who are like, "No, don't objectify me. And right. then it, it, look, I'm not an expert on on feminism or third wave, but third wave seems like the their their mothers and grandmothers were like men are pigs, so we're not having sex with a man who's like a pig like this. You know, you're a pig, and mm-hmm. the, the pig stayed here and said, "Fine, I'll find some other girl. I'm not going to go with any of you. And so they drifted, drifted, drifted. And it seems like the third wave and beyond says, well, men are pigs. So we're going to be a pig too. Mm, and mm. the guys who were pigs, they never changed. They they didn't change their location. They right. stayed in the same someone, spot and women came back
0: around. I've seen a, I think it was a YouTube comment, maybe even there's, there's wisdom in YouTube comments, believe it or not. Um, I think it, but I think it was somewhere else, but someone pointed out like, instead of, instead of sort of condemning like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be, you know, using people as sex objects. Maybe we should be, you know, taking a more, I don't know, human approach or something rather than just pure liberation, which I think that does fit a small number of people. Like I have friends who are very open-minded, very like kind of creative people who Mm -hmm. guy can meet a girl, fall in love for a week and then, you know, genuinely think he's in love with her. And it turns out it's not. And it's like, if they're both consenting and they're both kind of creative people, like that's fine. But I don't think that's the case for most people. Mm -hmm. But what this, what this um, thing was pointed out was exactly what you said is like, instead of sort of reeling back like the fact like oh well men can sleep around and that's held up to high regard so why can't women it's like well we shouldn't be holding either up to high regard yeah right and yeah I, well
1: that that goes back to what I wanted man I wanted to be this god king who was just this beast and then it wasn't until this pastor who I actually respected because I hated pastors for a long time but this this pastor was awesome he goes hey you know sleeping with a bunch of uh, girls is actually not a strong thing it's actually a weak thing hmm. You, you can have sex with someone. Like you, you can go out and find. I know there's incels or whatever now. I guess, but like you can find someone to do that, or you can pay someone to do that. Mm. If, if worse comes worse, you can pay someone to do that. It's actually harder to say. You know, I'm going to hold off. I'm, right. gonna, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to save myself for someone I care about, or, and, and I'm going to and I'm going to not collect emotional baggage or emotional scars or whatever. I'm not sure. going to do that. That actually takes more s- restraint, especially when you are a stud if if girls do want you
0: right. it's more right and to, to the not going for that right and to the point about like the incel types thing it, it's like there is a there is a difference between like i said, like to be able to do that and then choose not to out of will versus being the kind of guy that no girl wants to be with because you're irresponsible because you don't have any direction because you sleep Your 12 gross. hours a day yeah right. you don't you, you don't even take care of yourself it's like so you know there's an element of um what would you say um, not antithesis or antipathy against kind of the hookup culture that I think does stem from resentment on the part of like,
1: Oh yeah. You Cause know, if they could, they would. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right, or right, right. They can't so they right. Don't. And then that, and then that's used as a cover to say, actually, no, look at yourself and say, what are you not doing? Or, you know, like, and it's funny, dude, on uh one of the videos I did, um, you know, like 300 people commented or 400 people commented or whatever. There was like 15,000 views or 14,000 views. It was that. So you have a lot of people seeing it and some I, like, Some of the comments, most of the comments, I would say, were were great. Some, you know, positive stuff. But I saw some that were just like, I hesitate to say it. Maybe I'll cut it out afterwards. But it was like he said something like, "Holy shit, bro!" Like that is exactly the type of shit that's like, you that, like, that's bad. And you know, part and part part of what part of what I'm trying to do, and just even in this conversation, is like how do we reach those people and how do you point out like hey there is validity in like you know um like we were just saying like you know we should value like monogamy and uh you know a respectable culture but it doesn't stem from just like you know like you were saying like all men are pigs which like well all women are not pigs too. this the generalization and the gender identitarian garbage i think is so toxic at the bottom of a lot of this but
1: that was a great question. I didn't know you were gonna go there. How do we reach him? Because that's actually not part of our culture right now. And, I dude, if someone else says cancel culture, I'ma throw up. Mm. Like the 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 Gen Xers got it, and the Boomers, and once they get the words, they ruin it. And I yeah, love you that's guys. so true.
0: They get it. That's and go, so you know, true.
1: When, once my once my family and my extended family starts going, you know, we live in a cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Like, Who told
0: you guys? It's like snowflake. Word? It's like I hear yeah. snowflake. I'm like, okay, that's just. You guys
1: killed it. You guys kill yeah. all of our words because you use them like a dummy and you don't actually know what they mean. You don't know mm-hmm. the historical content. Like, not that we're all experts on it, but we live in the milieu. Right. We do know what it means and we're using it. So I'm not saying you guys don't get to use the words, but the way you use them just kills them. But what I'm saying is there is no grace in our culture right now. Um, there is no uh, ex- extending, you know, giving people slack, but there's also no redemption. There's no, how do you get your way back? Um, is there any kind of forgiveness that's available, and do do we just write off anyone with the wrong opinion, mm-hmm. or like if they have the wrong opinion, shouldn't you want to persuade them? Right, and that, dude. I don't. I, I'm a Christian. My whole life is supposed to be doing that. Right, and I still get lost in that. Where when you said that about the guy, I'm like, what a dick, dude. Screw that guy. Right, and I wasn't thinking like, oh man, I wonder how we could reach that guy and help him see see the light.
0: Right. Well, you know, and, so, and, and, and like, and I know people and I've, you know, I'm I am online and I look at these things of like, okay, the incel groups and what do people say, what's the rationale and all this stuff. And it's like, when, so when that guy commented on the video, Part of me was like, "Dude, is this the kind of people I'm attracting with my video?" Like, I was like, "Damn, dude, that sucks." Like, that actually yeah, you sucks. Can't
1: really choose you can't really choose your audience. That's, right, like, that's kind of right, right. Too. But
0: then there's the point of like, well, I made a I made a video critic like criticizing someone, and like that happens to align with their views, so that makes it bad. And it's like,
1: yeah,
0: and that's that's a feeling because you know that is irrational to think that. But like, when I thought about it more, I was like, again, I'm trying to take a mental health focus. I'm trying to start from, I don't. The abstract ideas are only important to me insofar as they serve the cause of how do we improve people's mental health, whether it's your individual mental health or someone else's or whatever. Mm. And so the idea of like, well, maybe this person came to my video and then saw another video, of like you and I talking about porn addiction or something like that, or one a, a different video where I talk about therapy. And then that sort of brings them back into the fold. Um, mm. And so that's a, that's a big thing. Um, I wanted to ask, how did you... Get out of your addiction. What was like the pathway out of that?
1: So, so that that's where the dream came through because now it wasn't my secret anymore. Now it wasn't my shame. It wasn't my embarrassment. It wasn't God. Because one other person was... knew. Was he? Was he the only other person that really knew at the time? He's the only one at at that point. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then some of my other some of my other friends knew, but they didn't. They didn't see it as a problem, and they weren't in as deep as I was. Uh, they didn't start when they were five and go into some creepy, dark, you know, world. Sure uh and so yeah it wasn't until college where i saw other dudes confessing to each other hey man like how, how are you doing you, you you told me last week that you wanted me checking in on you i know this is awkward but i'm checking in on you mm-hmm. oh dude actually i'm having a hard time man and here's why and so then i i guys the confession in uh, amongst the guys is like reciprocal if someone confesses something to you not only do you feel safe, you feel obligated to confess back to them.
0: Yes, Bro, that I'm is so like, true. I and in the in the last like six months for me, because like I said, I've been in therapy for a while and I was talking to my friends about stuff I never talked about before. Exactly that phenomenon. I would start talking yeah. about therapy or something and then another friend would be more willing to open up about something he had gone through. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I, this, nev- this conversation never would have happened had yeah. I not taken that initial step. It's-
1: yeah, so it's the initial step. Um, someone's got to be vulnerable, and that word sucks because it's been used wrong too, right? Like, oh, I'm yeah, vulnerable. vulnerable. No, it's yeah, just, yeah. It yeah. just means putting yourself just, hey. Well, that's courage.
0: Side. That's real courage. Yeah, courage is correct. I'm going to tell you exactly my biggest insecurities yeah. yeah. and not let it own me, you know?
1: And, and with men, courage, that courage comes in the last five minutes of hanging out usually.
0: So it's on your walk oh back God, to the car. That's so true. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's the walk back to the car. Plus, men talk shoulder to shoulder. Uh, ladies talk uh, you know, face-to-face. This is not a universal, absolute truth. Sure. There's guys that I go and get coffee with, and they're more comfortable doing that. And they're not effeminate. Some of them are you know, super mm-hmm. masculine dudes. They just prefer to talk face-to-face. A lot of guys I know, um, disc golf. I don't disc golf as much anymore. But I'll take up these kind of things where we're side-to-side. Uh, campus golf, where you just take a, a, a cheesy iron, and you take a tennis ball, and you walk around campus. Sure. And you call your shots. Nice. Be- because you don't have to look at me in the eyes, man. It's cool. That's right. all right you know, but, but we're growing down. You can look at me in the last five minutes. Right. right.
0: But dude, yeah, yes. The it's, last, it's opening up that, yeah, man, the last 10 minutes of hanging out. And usually, I don't know how much alcohol or drugs you do, but sometimes it's like when we're drinking or when we're high afterwards. And it's like, that's kind of, it's all kind of gone through our system where we're kind of right at the edge of our, just like, feeling vulnerable just because it's like we're drained yeah. now and then it's like yo man right. just blah 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 or whatever you talked about yeah the guard whatever.
1: comes down yeah you could talk to them about their father who just died or whatever like that stuff kind of opens up a bonfire is another great one bonfire so i don't i don't do drugs but smoke a pipe smoke cigars mm-hmm. have a couple years around a bonfire yes because you're both look, even though if you might be facing them you get to look at the fire right and you get to look at that and it's just kind of ideas coming out it's dark like sure it's cool it's all right man we're 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 just talking, I trust you.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting you say that too because when I, like I said, I went through, I went to therapy um, in, this would have been almost a year ago, uh, maybe 10 months ago. Um, and I was like breaking down crying on some stuff that I just hadn't articulated to anyone. And repeatedly I found anytime I would open up to my friends and tell them about, you know, whatever had happened and what where I was, um, I couldn't look at them and I would look up and I'd be like, you know, this thing or whatever. And so you saying like looking at a fire, it's like, yeah, it's like, there's an element of like, I just can't look you in the eye because this is so uh, you know, painful or whatever. And it's vulnerable. And it's just like, yeah. so that, I love that, that I don't know advice or just that observation of like, you know, it's in the last couple minutes of hanging out, and or if it's if it's it's not like a one-to-one, hey, we're gonna talk. And I've always hated that. I always hated that notion of like, man, I, I would feel so weird just texting one of my friends out of the blue, like, hey, can we talk about something? Like I I always had this notion of it had to be in the context of like, it was it was it came up naturally, or in some cases, if I had a problem with my friend, it would be. We'd have to get in a fight. We'd have to get angry at each other. And then I, then in my anger, I could feel yep. justified opening up or yeah. something like that. Yeah, totally. And sure. just yeah. on multiple occasions I had done, I just texted them or whatever and just said, Hey, I need to talk to you about this. And it's like, that was always the right move, always the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and that, that also brings up the, the necessity of community. Mm. Um, like you actually need to be known by people. And so these, I'm, I'm bringing a lot of Christian-y words, but these are things that Christianity offers, the, the community, the church community, where you're known by people. But it's because it is it is practical. It does work well. You need to have people in your life who know you well enough to be like, hey, bro, um, it's this time of year and your dad passed away or your girlfriend broke up with you this time mm. or whatever. Like, dude, guys aren't that sentimental, but it might pop up. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're marking their calendars for you, mm-hmm. but it could pop up. I would say God would prompt them to talk with you about that. Sure. Uh, and it comes up and you go, dude, didn't your dad die last like- night? how are you doing, man? It's been like a year. Like, mm-hmm. how are you doing with that, dude? Anything mm-hmm. I can do to like, probably don't say anything I can do to help because that kind of pushes it off. But, sure. because but, then it's like not. Yeah, but like you're point about
0: community. I mean, like, I, and I noticed, you know, and, and again, something that's um kind of in the mists of understanding now is like, when I talk to a lot of my friends one-on-one, when I FaceTime them for an hour or two, we can talk about whatever in any circumstance. Mm-hmm. When we get in a group and it's like six guys or all of us together, it you it's you just kind of can't, especially if we're if especially if it's like, you know, if there has been scenarios where like you're saying end of the day or we're on a fire or something. There's there's in there's environments that are conducive to that, those kind of conversations. Yeah. But like I have noticed if I you know th- like I have two good friends of mine. I told them both about the stuff I went to in, in therapy. And then when it was us three, the dynamic was so different and mm-hmm. but but good in that it was now it wasn't just open between two people, it was open between three and that like Three is a community, in a sense. You know, two, two is a relationship. Three is a community, and that, and even that, opens up space that yeah. was not there before. Because not only am I honest in relationship, and not only am I being honest in relation to one person, or or the other. Now there's like a there's a new thing that's all three, and then that expands more and more.
1: That's a so that's a great point. So C.S. Lewis talked about that when one of his friends died. He was in this group of of writers uh, in Oxford, all these Oxford dons. Uh, so. Tolkien, you know, writing Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, Lewis writing uh, Narnia, all these things, and other friends. Lewis said he was sad when when one of his friends died for the sake of his friend, but also now because he lost that part of Tolkien. So this other friend died, but the other friend brought this something out of Tolkien that only this guy did when they were in a group together, and now that part of Tolkien's gone as well. Interesting. Because they were such good friends, because the the dynamic that you're talking about, when you have three... Right. Now, the whole community has lost something because this guy was situated in the community and brought something out of every individual. Right. That
0: was bigger than himself.
1: But, but what you were talking about with the group is another part of how I kind of got over um, my porn addiction and the hookup culture type stuff that I was trapped in. My buddies would always hang out in the garage. They smoke weed. They would, you know, uh, take gummies and drop acid or whatever they were doing that night. I just couldn't be around like more than three of them at a time. And mm. it was weird for them mm. to hear that. But I'm like, bro, I love you guys. I can't go to the garage anymore. Sure. Like, oh. I, I can hang out with two of you. Yeah. But I'm sorry, the... man. When it, when it gets to three or four, it brings out something dark in me and I can't do it.
0: Yeah. The worst thing is to be around people that are on, that are like drunk or on drugs and you're not, yeah. you know? And it's just, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I definitely feel that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, um, that was a big part of the, the community aspect. Huge part of it. Yeah. Do you, do you hear
0: that? Did you hear that I again? Don't hear it. Okay. I don't hear it. It was a another bat that felt like it was flying through the room <laughs> um the community aspect yes um uh one thing i wanted to ask you okay more specifically um you're familiar with only fans i assume right yeah yeah it's like the uh it's like it's like instagram for but it's exclusively for porn what yeah. do you think and maybe more and this is porn in general like do you like do you think it should be what it what how do we address the problem of porn and the problem of oversexualization? Maybe specifically with young men, but then more broadly in the culture. I mean, you think it should be illegal?
1: No. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm, me neither. I'm, I'm 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 more libertarian on a lot of this stuff. Right. And some of my Christian friends will be like, "Bro, but if you know, blah blah blah, you need to be socially conservative, but you know, politically conservative. And so.
0: You can't legislate morality, right? It, you, oh, so should I you lie? We, you shouldn't lie.
1: No, I think we you can't, can't make it illegal. Morality. Okay, interesting. I, um, I think every every law is moral. Sure, you're right. Okay. Right. Right. Fair. There's a there's an easy thing. I've got caught with that a lot. Sure. Hey, you shouldn't legislate morality, and then an older boomer catches me. I'm like, <sighs> I'm not getting caught by that again. Fair. But, okay. What, but we need to have some kind of principle to adjudicate what what kind of law moral laws are we uh, uh, allowing, and which ones are we not. So, uh, yeah, even though I think that um, premarital sex is a sin, like I've committed that I've been uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus has forgiven me of that sin. I still think it should be legal to do right. that. I don't think we want the kind of society that's going around catching people for doing that and and doing that. And, and you know, you say, well, that, that could be hip- hypocritical because Old Testament law had these laws. If you don't know Christian theology, then don't bring that up. Mm-hmm. Like people bring this up all the time. You don't understand the old and new covenants and the continuity and discontinuity between covenants that we that we have from Scripture that we're not just ad hoc thinking of. So there's a whole political Christian philosophy that goes into this. That's important. Okay, cool. I got that. Um, but it's not the government. The government's not going to do it. If you made it illegal, it would skyrocket. Everything, right. everything the government fights wins. Mm-hmm. The war on drugs, yeah. the war on poverty. Right. Don't, so the government needs to stop fighting wars. Well, I think what we need to do is go upstream a little bit, and here's where we need to reclaim our understanding of humanity. What does it mean to be human? Like, if more people believe that we are made in the image of God, the society would be better. And I don't just mean, oh, we have a spark of divinity or act as if no like if you thought that that was an image bearer of god and you image god in all of your actions you'd be a lot more careful in what you do sure so this is why people people all the time i work with college kids and they go hey why is like telling a lie wrong i don't get it like one uh, a kid tells a lie or steals a pack of gum from a 7-eleven he's gonna go to hell forever what the heck and it's like well hey first of all no one sins once right (laughs) right but even if they did you're saying, what you're really saying, you're downgrading it, but you're saying, I don't think it's a big deal that someone is telling a lie about the God of the universe, right? So I'm an image bearer of God. I'm supposed to represent him everywhere I go. If I go around lying and stealing and treating women like trash, I'm telling the whole universe, God lies, God steals, God treats women like trash. So reclaiming this idea of image bearer of God, mm-hmm. so not just made in his image, but representing him. Sure. Sure. Like, bro, it's really hard to be happy like watching porn when you think, hey, I'm telling all the clicks that I'm giving, or whoever, that God is a pornographer, God likes porn, God likes a, a women being abused and objectified, or men being abused and objectified, right? Because that's a new thing that's come out that, hey, you know, some of these men don't want to do this either, mm-hmm. or they're sure. finding their worth in, in how long they can keep a boner for, mm-hmm. right? Like, what kind of world is this, you know? Th- right. So I think downstream, that is where theology is still important and people people don't see that they don't think that sure. but, but also the, the philosophy there like consciousness and uh right like we need to reclaim some of that self-consciousness um i think we so that guy that commented on on your channel like having a conversation with him and being like bro like what do you mean by that is that just a stupid joke or do you actually think that women are lesser than men because they have a gag, like? Do you do you not have a gag reflex? Let me put a toothbrush down your throat. Like, what are you talking about, bro? I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> right, right, right. And just reasoning with them and being like, bro, I get it. You're trying to be funny. What do you really think about women?
0: Right. Well, and and yeah, it's like, and this going back to the to the you can't legislate. You know, whatever. It's like it has to come. It has to come upstream. It has to be in culture. Mm-hmm there's this element of culture that you, and I think you'll appreciate, are, certainly respond to this well, is like there's, in, in our culture, people believe like your truth is your truth. You should do what is, what makes you happy. You are ultimately know what makes you happy and you need to follow your bliss, listen to yourself, all that shit. And it's like, part of that is true. Yeah, in that like your conscience tells you when you are being lazy, right? If like every, I doubt anyone listening to this would would dispute the fact that they have been lazy in the past week, right, by their own standard. So there's a part of you that tells you what not tells you what to do, but knows when you're like knows what you need to do, right? And like for me, like okay, making these videos or doing having these conversations or whatever. Um, but I s- specifically and more in the last couple of years have come around to like, people rarely know what is best for themselves. You wouldn't have the mental health crisis be as bad as it is. You wouldn't have the rate to suicide. You wouldn't have the rate to depression. If people knew what was best for themselves in the moment, there's an element of, and again, being secular, let's say compared to you, there is an element of like, and I think the religious language is better here, like surrender. I'm going to surrender to something bigger than me. I'm going to surrender the fact that, okay, I'm, I'm 24 or if I was 18 or 15 or whatever like I am a dumbass. I don't know anything, mm-hmm. which is okay because admitting that now is the first path that when I'm older then I will be the kind of person that not only knows things for myself but knows things for other people. Yeah. And and you know, I like then the question is like, well how do we act on that? What's the instrumentation behind that? You think more it's probably like let's get a direct Christian theological route. And I, you know, and you could be right. And I think like we were talking about last time, it's like, I think the, um, not the not the solution to all of our problems, but one thing we need to do as a society and as individuals is, is buy into the same shared narrative. And I think that narrative has that Judeo-Christian ethic to it. But, but I definitely think in our culture, the idea of like, well, you know, like if like, if like. And again, so like, like OnlyFans, and this is something that, um, well, I, I don't know what people think. I'm trying to have as many conversations as I can about this so I can learn more mm-hmm. and, you know, not sound as stupid as I might, um, sound, but like, you know, if like, should we, should we celebrate OnlyFans? It's like, well, there's people say it's an art, it's a business. It requires entrepreneurship. It requires this and this stuff. It's like, that's true. But you. But what is the ultimate product? The ultimate product is something for men to masturbate to. Mm-hmm. So all of the things you could say about OnlyFans that like, hey, it takes a lot of work. There's an artistic element to it. You have to market, you have to have a customer base, all that, it's like, that is literally word for word, you could say that about selling drugs. And I would say it's the same effect in terms of like, like, you know, there probably are a lot of people who dispute, there certainly are a lot of people who dispute the harmful effects of porn there are a lot of people who clearly point out that harmful there are harmful effects and you know you and i being one uh two of them but i feel like very few people think that watching a lot of porn is a good thing you know i get the idea it introduces you to sex and you you know but even that that's te- that's a terrible way to get introduced to sex you know so and and, and what do you think not about to mention
1: that i mentioned the the violence towards women that comes because of this right like and i'm not saying it's a one to one but violence towards women sexual violence goes up as porn use goes up and so, yeah, man, it, I understand you're an entrepreneur and stuff, um, but you might be contributing to violence against other women. It may not ever affect you, right? Or and then, I think
0: their their argument would be because, like, a platform like OnlyFans gives them the power; they're less they, they don't need to rely on Pornhub or whatever or these big agencies. And I and I get that, but but I I think the I think at least in my perspective, the fundamental issue is just like. You know, like there, I know women who would be horrified if there were like nude images of them on the internet, right? Sure. And and I'm gonna to struggle to articulate this yeah, exactly. Like a brood now, dude. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Well, you're over in my well, camp. here. Well, yours. dude. Yeah. Well, it, but it's like, you know, if you're a woman and you feel that way, like I don't want nude images of myself online. It's like, well, what are you, what are you implying about women who do OnlyFans? And now you look like, like now you're in the wrong or something like that. And it's like, and, that, to me, is that idea of like, you, you know, like the idea of monogamy versus polyamory. It's like, I don't think those two things can exist in the same culture over a long period of time. I, I just don't, because it's like, you know, and po- I think polyamory is kind of in the same category of the things we're talking about. But it's like, you know, if you're in a monogamous relationship and then that person cheats on you, they could just fall back to the excuse of, well, it turns out I'm polyamorous. And then all of the polyamorous people would go, hey, that's valid. And so now you have two riffs. And you, like there's a rift in this culture that we think that oh we can just people can just get along or whatever it's like yeah. that's not how humans the, the, are that's the complicated poly folks,
1: the poly folks might might be jumping in here saying no no no. of course we still have consent and and if that person didn't consent to it beforehand sure then right so yeah I, and i'm not i'm not I, referring I, to
0: yeah and i'm not talking about no, consent I, per I se just wanna,
1: yeah just just to pre preempt some some pushback from any poly well, folks listening like okay we, we you know i'm not we don't want to paint with a broad brush or say you guys of you course know, anything like that but i i get what you're saying man and I think so we've talked about this before, but you're you're more pragmatic, uh minded than I am. And I, I want to get to the truth in the philosophical my, sense. Sure. Yeah, right. So, like, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, like, I want to get to like the telos of of humans. Like, do we have any mm-hmm. end goal? Is there any kind of ontology that makes me a human? And if so, like, is there a god? Like, hey, look, you before you go out and do all these actions, <clears throat> give some self uh some critical self thought to these questions: Is do I believe that there's a God? Do I believe that the world is is jacked up? Are people mostly good, mostly bad, broken? Mm-hmm. Uh, some good, some bad, but broken. Um, is it? Are we all socially constructed? All these kind of big, big, high level questions. Before you go out and and you 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 can't do it totally before you go out, but you should be thinking as there's a hermeneutical spiral that should be going on in your mind mm-hmm. as you're going out and living and reflecting on your beliefs. If you do believe that there's a God, or if you do believe everything happens for a reason, why? Why does everything happen for a reason? Is it because there's a God controlling the universe? If so, if you do think everyone is made in God's image, are you imaging him the way that he would want to be? He, Mm. she, it, is it one God, right? So having these these kind of ideas, we don't, as Americans at least, we don't think about, we're two questions deep. Hey, what do you believe? I'm not quite sure, maybe this. Why do you believe that?
0: Oh. Right, some like, experiences as a kid. My parents believed it. Yada yada yada.
1: Right, and and we need to mm-hmm. we need to have those conversations. Secular, non secular, Hindu, Muslim, everyone. And so, is is OnlyFans a good thing? Well, it depends on your operating system. You know, I don't think it's a good thing. I actually mm-hmm. think that it that it dehumanizes women and objectifies them. And I'm actually I'm against that for from a Christian perspective. I I think that that's somebody's daughter made in the image of God. Who I think that's a, a shameful action. I think that's meant. can be super sexy for for your husband and i I don't mean like you're a piece of meat only good for being sexy for your husband but in the context of of marriage that that's an awesome beautiful thing but when that's spilling out into it's
0: easy to integrate your sexuality in a trusting relationship than it is on a platform that essentially monetizes your body and all that
1: yeah and and so you know at the end of the day someone is still making money on OnlyFans from you doing that and so there could be that but there I get the freedom part, but there's also freedom in restraint in restraining yourself to one person. you have the freedom to be wholly open with them. You're wholly trusted, mm-hmm. wholly mm-hmm. known with somebody. When, you're, when you commit yourself, you make that commitment, yeah, you've, you've committed yourself, you are in restraint you know you are uh, restrained constrained to that person, but you're free to be yourself. right. It's liberating, right. It's awesome. Yeah, that was one of the best things when I got engaged. I thought, hey, look, I don't have to be sexy in the abstract anymore. That used to be the worst, bro. Everything I do, the way I, yeah, I couldn't have a mustache, because <laughs> most girls aren't going to like a mustache, right? I only have to make
0: one I don't girl know. Happy. I feel like that's a pretty good <laughs> look, dude. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Thanks, man. Uh, I only have to make one girl happy now. Like, I only have to make one person mm. uh, love me. I, I only have to act in a way that they think is attractive and if everyone else doesn't think so i don't care i already have one right this is, this is the one i need to make happy and it was so liberating to go dude this is just a you know a breath of fresh air but going going back i i think i don't want anyone to hear me as like a chauvinist like i i think a, a proper view of christianity would elevate women Hey, you are an image bearer. You are a daughter. If you're a Christian, you're a daughter of God. If you're not Christian, you're still an image bearer of God. Like you bear his image on you and I ought not objectify you. There's philosophical points of view. Hey, I shouldn't treat a person as a means Mm -hmm. instead of an end. I should treat every person as an end in themselves. So I'm not going to use you to gratify my sexual desires. That's, that's, object, that's actually objectifying, right? It's making right. someone into an object. So. Right,
0: right, yeah, I mean, objectification and dehumanization are, are I mean, functional synonyms, right? If it's, if it's, if it's yeah. for the purpose of just sexualizing, and again, it just goes back to, you know, there's, there's all these nuances of, well, if the person is doing it willingly, Is that different? It's like, yes. Well, obviously it's different, but is it? it, Yeah, yeah. It's different in some ways, but it's not in others because you're still participating in the process of objectification. And Mm -hmm. I just, like the idea of young men, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds, again, the type of person that would comment that shit on a video of mine, paying for intimacy from from a a woman online so that she can make money, basically. Which Mm -hmm. again, like then those, you enter a whole economic discussion. It's like, well, people need to make money. And if mm-hmm. imagine like this woman is paying for her family's medical bills, it's like, we're going to rob that effort. It's like, no. And so there is all this, this, this nuance to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think at the base of it is a philosophical discussion. And that's what I mean as a shared narrative. What is the narrative meta narrative? What is the largest narrative that we can inhabit that, that functions in that way? Um, that will not be included in the final cut just that so far. Yeah. yeah I um,
1: well, dude, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, right. So uh, yeah. I've, I've given an answer from my worldview. Um, I think that we need to re- regain a strong understanding of meaning of, of, uh, you know, self-conscious persons in the image of God. So Bro, like what, what do you think? What do you think about the answer to, you know, the porn problem or the meaning crisis or, or the objectification and, and, and the, you know, over-sexualization problem, like, what, do you have any thoughts on? It? I know you have thoughts on it. Do yeah, you yeah. Like
0: proposed solutions, you think? Well, so and this, I think this actually, in a way, goes back to dreams because, like I said, that I think dreams are the man, dreams and psychedelic experiences, like on mushrooms and stuff, are are sort of that are in the realm of experience that are in the religious domain, right? Yeah. And I know you haven't um, done any psychedelics or anything, anything like that, right? No. no. So. Like, and this is going to, well, in a very practical sense, this will sound silly, but um, I think, so I'm I'm not a Christian fundamentalist. I'm not a, Mm -hmm. a, or a literalist. Um, Again, I believe in the Judeo-Christian ethic. I think people, and this is actually so interesting because, because we have lost our religious understanding... And operate in, in an environment that you more operate in where you are you are very confident and and clear that like God is speaking to you, God is telling you to do this, and you have a uh, something to orients you. most people don't have that um, I think like I was talking um to a couple of my friends actually about like panic attacks. have you ever had a panic attack where like just, you couldn't just
1: twice? yeah,
0: okay, yeah um i've I've had several while on. Uh, like whether it's edible weed and I had a close encounter on, on psychedelics, which I'm never going to take a lot of psychedelics again. Um, But this idea of, well, when you are disassociating from reality and you don't have an anchor to be like, well, I, I don't have faith that there's a God or there's some higher power. It's all atoms floating in space. It's all ultimately meaningless. It's like that, that, I think that's a source of anxiety and a source of of panic attacks in the most practical sense. And I think, like, because I feel like we can't know, we can't be certain in a God in, in, the, in the Christian tradition. Again, I think there's approximations in Christianity that are close. I think the idea that truth is of divine value, that the way um, forward, the way through, darkness is to speak truth you know which is again why we're in my my why we're doing these conversations i'm sure it's similar to you with your podcast like we, we can't know that but but like if if i feel like if there were you know places where community where people could talk specifically about dreams but also and i think this is a practical thing that people think is silly but like therapeutic use of psychedelics I actually think is a key in like opening up people's, um, or, or getting people to be open to basically the kind of stuff you're talking about. Mm. Um, because like, you know, when you, like a, uh, deep mushroom trip, which like, again, I went to Amsterdam where it's legal there and, um, you know, you could just do them and walk around or whatever. Like, (laughs) it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to, exp- it's impossible to explain, but once you've been in a state where you're essentially dreaming in waking life, yeah. the barrier between real consciousness as reality, as I experience it and re and consciousness as it could be, it's like, okay, now, now these two things I've experienced, both of these things, I, whatever rationality I'm using in this state of consciousness does not apply in the other one. And yet the other one is as real as as real of an experience as in you know the present waking moment and it's like i think you have to use religious language to talk about that and i think again i like i think clinics this is what uh graham hancock believes is like we should have clinics where people because we don't have uh, religious rituals and stuff like we don't have shamanistic traditions where people modern man can go into a modern people can go into a clinic and under a trained therapeutic professional, you know, take a small dosage or whatever and sit there and have a religious experience. I think that is mm-hmm. the most practical way. Now, <laughs> then there's like, are we going to do this on mass scale? What's the feasibility of implementation and stuff like that? Yeah. It's like, I'm just trying to think on the edge here and put it out there in terms of like, how, how in principle would it, what, 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 would, what would, not a utopia, but what would the best society, the most functional society look like? It's like, it's one that integrates these religious... um, domains of experience into real life. And, and we discuss it and we learn about it. And, and I don't know. And I think like, like, again, for me, like the dreams have been, and I don't know, I guess that's more unique to me and I I don't go too deep into that, but like, yeah, well, Paul, so, so
1: I don't want to rain on your parade. I don't please think, do no please right okay, randomly so so in my in my mind it sounds it sounds nice dude I listen to Rogan you know I listen to P- uh, Peterson like I get it and Peterson talks about you know people um, people being able to kick uh, nicotine addiction only if they have the trip 80% like secession
0: rate or something like that yeah, yes right.
1: right so there's something to that so there could be like a clinical thing for that mm-hmm. I I, I want to push back against a clinical or like a um, hermetically sealed Religious experience.
0: What do you mean? Um, hermetically I think, sealed. I hear that term a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So like, um, hermetically sealed is like uh, in a doctor's office. It's all all the implements are already sealed. Everything's nice and packaged. So that there's sure. no okay. You know, and it's 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 really important for a doctor's office. It's really poor for real life. You know, you don't want. You think of like grandma putting the plastic bag on the mm. couch, right? Like sure, sure, sure. So, um, I think. So again, from my Christian worldview, that God has designed us with uh, with the neural, uh, biology that does produce DMT, that does produce uh, psychedelic trips in our sleep, right, that do produce these things. I think that uh, when Peterson, I think, maybe talks about this, I know what people talk about uh, in the, the cognitive science of religion, people talk about the group exercise of singing together at church and yeah. what that does to mm-hmm. unify people. Yeah, I think that's. Awe, like the natural, I think is the,
0: the yeah, call. It yeah, right. Awe, right. It's like a group that's facil- It's an emotion that facilitates group cohesion.
1: Right, awe, and yeah. the more people, right, and, and but you see it, you see it at the, at the Cubs game. You know, go, go Cubs, go! At the end when they win, and you hear it for a mile away. So yes, there is a an aspect there. I think God designed us for that, for the sake of unity. Some churches will only do that and they won't talk the doctrine. They won't talk the worldview behind it. And that's just playing on the pleasure receptors in your brain. And I think that's messed up. Mm. Likewise, I think if you were to cut out all of the religious significance there and try to take the the receptors and just try to take the serotonin from that experience, I think it's it's analogous to jerking off by yourself, right? So like sex would be the religious uh, experience in the religious group sure. genuinely believing it going to a clinic is like going to a nice you know tidy prostitute who's in a white suit and everything's clean right and you go in there and you do your business and you come out and everything's fine so i i think that i think that 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 to me seems like analogous sure. that that you and know I, what i mean yeah and, i mean I, I could I think, be wrong no i think you're i think you're, wrong, I, think yeah,
0: you're I think you're right you can't like sam harris is all about Spirituality separate from religion right and i and i you know i and I have issues with that I, I think yeah. that the criticism you just described i think applies to him and I guess to the degree that I've adopted that worldview because I actually think from a metaphysical perspective, I actually lean more towards sam Harris in sure. the in the on the on the very edge of things hmm. um and then Peterson is you know i don't you know it, increasingly seems like he's about to convert so you know i I know we're we're all holding i know i know that'll be that'll be that'll pose some interesting um uh problems for me but you know maybe inevitable ones but um i mean dude i I, like again i sympathize so much with saying like when you say god called me to do something it's like dude i'm using the same language when i say i like i just have to do i know this is what i have to do it's like how who what part of me and why would i trust that and why don't like. Why am I not purely rational and stuff? So I get it, and it's just—I mean, from a practical perspective, it's just like yeah. th- there are hurdles to get over. Yeah. In terms of embracing, again, I—I—I I gr- I grew up Christian, and I went to church camp and stuff, and and you know, I went to church, and and like when you talk about the community aspect, it's like I get that—that's all right there. I just—it's—it's it's, there's an element of what would the word be arrogance is the word that comes to mind. It's not the right word, but the, the idea of like, well, I am, I am going to, without having your experience and uh, you're, you know, my experience was different as anyone else's. No, 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 I, no, I no, I'm not because, yeah. because your experience through childhood, you know, brought you to conclusions that I can't even comprehend per se. Mm. Right. Or I can't comprehend those experiences, not having lived them where I'm at now for me to kind of commit, I would say intellectually or rationally to like, well, you're right. Like there it's God and it's the Christian God. And it's the God as this understanding or somewhere between these two, you know, some, I don't, I, I only know from your podcast, like simplicity versus something else. I don't know what the language is and all that. Yeah. I don't know what the words mean. buzzwords right now for me, but for me to do that, it's like, I haven't, I just, it hasn't, it hasn't clicked for me. So, so you
1: shouldn't, right? Like, you shouldn't then? Like, if it right. hasn't clicked for you? Like, you, you actually shouldn't. I don't want you to. I don't. Um, but I, I'm, man, I, so since we've got to know each other, I have prayed for you. And I have prayed that you'd have some dreams with some mustache uh-huh. folks in it. Like, I'm trying to I think- would love to see that, you know? And, and there's there's actually this uh, part in, in the book of Acts where Paul the Apostle is talking with uh, some, like, regents and kings and stuff. And one of the kings, uh, I think it's Agrippa, weird names but he's uh he's talking with paul and he's like paul what why are you in jail bro like you've been in jail forever why are you in jail and paul starts telling him the gospel of jesus you know jesus died for your sins and you trust him for eternal life and uh he goes agrippa do you believe like because agrippa's wife is jewish and so he knows a lot of the the old testament scriptures and so he's like you know i know you know you're familiar with these texts do you believe and agrippa goes paul in such a short amount of time would you would you make me a Christian? Would you think that I'd be a Christian? He goes, whether long or short or whatever, I hope that all of you would be like me except for these chains because he's still in prison. And it was like this epic line, except for these chains. But, bro, I feel that. Like, in such a short a time, I wouldn't expect you to be like, you know, Parker, you got me, blah, blah, blah. But um, I believe that that we all – I believe everything happens for a reason. That's mm-hmm. a really American cliche. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's true because I believe in a personal God who – is the author of the story that we're living in. So that means you have a different story than I have. And you you went out the back door of the church, and it seems like he's getting you to come back in the front door. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's funny because you're seeing like the utility of Christianity, not as a believer, not because right. you grew up in it, but because you're kind of being penned in. Oh, like, okay, that kind of makes some sense, and that kind of makes some sense. I don't believe the metaphysics of it. I see the practicality of it mm-hmm. which is interesting
0: mm-hmm. well and dude i've said and i plan on doing this at some point i plan on r- like reading the bible i plan on um yeah you should and i you know I, I don't know if i'm going to take a a week-long trip or something on my own to somewhere and just and just go through it and stuff but like i i plan on doing that and you know Again, I can't make any promises. But well, um, even
1: even from a literary perspective, bro, like even if uh just historically speaking, the West is built on this book. I think Yeah, a lot of oh it's the, have some it's, some understanding of what it says. Yeah,
0: it's the canonical text. It's like every it's all of every philosopher and everything goes back and it ultimately lands on this book. So yeah. it's definitely essential. But um you and Peterson, bro, same day. We'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yes. That that'll happen. Um, do we're coming up about an hour and 10, I think. Um recorded up until then. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find your stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um I have a little bit of stuff on Jordan Peterson's um new book, Beyond Order, and that's at my YouTube channel. Uh, I also have a podcast called Parker's Pensies. The YouTube channel is called Parker's Pensies. And you can find the podcast wherever you find podcasts. You can also find it on YouTube. And I'm looking to uh, to put out a lot more content this summer. Actually, Paul, man, have you read Philip K. Dick at all?
0: Uh, nope, nope. Don't know the name. Okay. So you would absolutely love. Fiction. Actually, I feel like I've heard that name before, but no, I don't know.
1: He, so he wrote, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? It's, it's uh, one of my tattoos. Here. Nice. Okay. Um, so he wrote that. That's the book behind Blade Runner and okay. uh, he he read a lot of jung he was into christianity then then got into mm-hmm. jung and then uh, i think he may have become a christian like on his deathbed or something but he took acid the whole time writing all these books so it's really trippy about reality and you'd love it i'll give mm-hmm. I'll, uh, off air I'll give sure. you some, some book recommendations but Hell i'm looking yeah. to do a lot of work
0: on on philip k dick okay my. word sweet
1: awesome